Welcome to Tech Talk for Teachers. I'm your host, Paul Beckerman. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What? What is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out. The topic of today's episode is AI's not new, or is it? The short and potentially confusing answer to this question is yes. Yes, it is new, and yes, it's been around a while. On the one hand, artificial intelligence has been infused into our daily lives really so seamlessly that we don't even think about it as AI anymore. But then on the other hand, tools like ChatGPT, Google Bard, and Microsoft Bing Chat have introduced a new and likely transformative flavor of artificial intelligence into the mainstream, something called generative AI. In today's episode, I'd like to provide some perspective on where we're at with artificial intelligence. Understanding this point in history of AI can provide some important context and help alleviate some of the anxiety around it. It can help us to engage in the conversation and frame what may be possible moving forward, especially in the context of education. So let me address three related points. Let's count it. Let's count it. Let's count it down. First of all, let's define artificial intelligence, or AI. What is it that we're actually talking about? I haven't found one definitive definition. Seems like everyone has their own version of what it is. So here's mine. I like to break it apart and think of the terms themselves. Artificial and intelligence. Intelligence is something uniquely human and encompasses how we think, how we communicate, how we come up with new ideas, and how we function. It's all the things that our brain does for us. Artificial reminds us that AI is not a real brain, but rather an effort to create something that functions like a brain. It's an artificial brain. This fabrication is done through computers, complex computer programs, and lots and lots of data that has been created first by humans. In short, I think of artificial intelligence as the programming of computers to function like thinking humans. AI is making machines act like people. My second point is that I think it's important to be aware that artificial intelligence is not a new concept. People have been trying to make machines complete human tasks for years. In fact, we all likely encounter many instances of AI every single day. Here are a few examples from my life. Every time I use face recognition to unlock my iPhone, I'm using AI. Apple's Face ID technology scans thousands of points on my face and then compares it to the scans that I originally did when I trained it who I am. It's remarkably accurate and effective, but it doesn't really know who I am. It's artificially intelligent, using algorithms to match the camera's input to its records. Now that my phone's unlocked, let's say I open my social media account. AI is active in many places here. Algorithms are determining which posts I see based on my past use of the site, posts I spend the most time on. Based on my profile posts, likes, and browsing history, it recommends ads and promotional posts to my feed. Programmers have designed algorithms, or complicated computer equations, to consider my interactions and behaviors and make recommendations, much like a human would. But it's artificial intelligence. Next, let's say I close my social media app and open email. AI has been working behind the scenes here as well. 
It sorted my incoming messages and sent them to different parts of my inbox. Some have gone to the promotions tab, some to social, some to spam, and the rest to my primary inbox. I open a message in my inbox and then begin to reply to a message I've received. As I start typing, my email program suggests the next words that I might be looking to use. They appear in a lighter shade of gray ahead of my cursor. This is called predictive text, and it's a form of AI. If I spell a word wrong, it gets highlighted. When I hover over it, the program suggests words and spellings that I might have meant to use. This is more AI. I close my email and then I go to a shopping app. I search for a product I want and AI pulls up the products most likely to match the needs of someone entering my query. It predicts what I want to buy. At the bottom, it even lists other products that I may want to purchase. It's much like the movie streaming services that suggest new shows that I might like based on the shows I've watched in the past. This, again, is AI at work. Artificial intelligence. Later in the morning, I hop in my car and I head to a meeting at a location I've never been before. So I enter the address into my maps program and I get route suggestions based on which will be fastest and most efficient to get there. Travel congestions highlighted in real time, I can see construction areas, and the app will even let me know if there's an accident or a radar check ahead. If I make a wrong turn on the way, the app instantly reroutes me and gives me options to save time. The app is like a human co-pilot helping me navigate, but it's AI, artificial intelligence. I could go on for a long time listing more AI in our daily lives. Internet search engines use it. Digital voice assistants turn your voice into typed text or open websites on your command. YouTube videos generate closed captions by listening to the audio. Grammar checkers highlight poor sentence structure and punctuation errors in my writing. Side mirrors and sensor alerts on my car tell me when something's too close. Video games adapt and adjust to my moves, changing the game as I go. Alexa can even respond to my voice commands. AI is everywhere, and it's not new. So now to the new part, because I did say that some part is new. My third point is, while AI isn't new, generative AI is. Last November, when ChatGPT was released to the public, it was like a great unveiling of this new form of AI. So how is it new? Well, the previous types of AI we've been using, the kind we normally experience in our daily lives, have been created to act like humans and make human-like decisions for us. These tools are pretty targeted, though, and provide predictable answers based on a limited set of defined tasks. They're pretty narrow in their focus. Generative AI, on the other hand, is much more open-ended. And this is new. And it's language-based, meaning you can talk to it like you'd talk to a human being. And most importantly, it generates new content that's never existed before. This is the part that's both revolutionary and potentially disruptive. Chatbots like ChatGPT, Google Bard, and Bing Chat appear to talk to us like human beings with brains capable of original thought. They can generate articles, complex answers to questions, and even write full essays that never existed before. And they sound like real people. It's pretty incredible. So it's important to understand how this works in the background. Can computers really think? Well, not really. These programs have been fed billions and even trillions of writing samples created by real humans, 
Most of this has been pulled from the web, things like websites, Wikipedia articles, and discussion forums. And when you ask a question of one of these generative AI programs, the AI has been trained to give you the next most likely word based on the trillions of examples it's read. So it's not really thinking. Rather, it's piecing together words and sentences based on the most probable next word that should be used based on what it's learned. It's predicting what you want to hear based on all the examples it's learned in the past. It's a lot like the predictive text you get when composing that email or text message. And it does this really well. And this is also why it makes mistakes. It's programmed to give you an answer. And the most likely next word might not always be the right one. It is incredible, but it still makes mistakes. It's artificial intelligence. I really love the perspective offered by Ethan Mollick, an AI expert and professor at Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. He suggests that we think of generative AI as a human assistant rather than a computer program. Computer programs are created to consistently provide the right answer. Generative AI is not very good at that. It makes too many mistakes. Rather, he says we should think of generative AI as a person or a human assistant. It can give you really good suggestions, proofread your writing, brainstorm with you, save you time, and make connections between ideas that you might not have seen on your own. And it can also make mistakes. Like a person, it might even lie to you, tell you something you want to hear just to please you. So artificial intelligence is not new. But generative AI is a new form of AI in mainstream use, and it continues to evolve every day. I have no doubts that it will change the way we do some things. And that includes in education. I've already encountered customer service AI that's been remarkably efficient. And I must say, it was better than navigating through a dozen choices just to get to a real person. Still, we must remember that these are machines programmed by humans to simulate the human brain. I hope this episode has helped demystify AI a little bit for you. I also hope that you keep learning and stay engaged in the conversation surrounding AI. It will probably impact education in some way. And it's important that expert teachers like you help to shape what this looks like in the future. Let's make sure it's used in ways that improve teaching and learning, reduce workload, and make lives better. To learn more about today's topic and explore other free resources, visit avidopenaccess.org. Specifically, I encourage you to check out our collection of articles about AI. You can find it by going to avidopenaccess.org and searching for AI in the K-12 Classroom. And of course, be sure to join Rena Winston and me every Wednesday for our full-length podcast, Unpacking Education, where we're joined by exceptional guests and explore education topics that are important to you. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and thanks for all you do. You make a difference.